And now, another cup of... The London Fog. Welcome, guys! We are back again! I know. We are. You guys and we have healthy... Yes. <laughs> I know, right? And healthy microphones to prove it. Yes. Everything is healthy. Yeah, um, we're included. figuring this thing out. <laughs> Actually, us being healthy is kind of rare. I feel like one or the other of us always has like a cold or something. I know. And especially at this time of year, but I have been doing so many things to keep my health on point, like tea. tea. And that's our topic today. Yes. <laughs> it's all about tea. But no joke, I have been starting and I always thought that this that this was like something just celebrity celebrities did to just be... I don't know, outlandish and kind of crazy, but they're always like, I start my day off with a hot glass of water with lemon and like apple cider vinegar in it. Girl, I've been starting every day like that. I feel amazing. It feels so good. I probably should do that. My mom's been telling me to do that for like five years. Right. Every parent does. ignore her. I'm like, whatever, mom. But if you're saying it too, I don't know, maybe I should. I've noticed like a whole bunch of things. Number one, I'm not as like hungry as I am like throughout the day. So I feel like it's helping my like diet out. Mm-hmm. I think my skin looks a little clearer and without fail. And you know me best more than anybody else for like the last five years. I always am sick at this point because I've gone back to teaching voice yeah. and all of those high school students are coming in and they, because they're just in a sea of germs and bacteria and they're all one on top of each other. Um, I always am sick by the very beginning of October, always without fail. And this is the first year that I feel not just like, Oh, I'm fine. I feel amazing. It's great. Hmm. Okay. How much lemon do you put in your hot water? I've been doing a quarter of a lemon and then a probably about like a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar. So I start my day out like that, and then probably like an hour or two later, I'll have uh, a bag of tea to my choosing because it's finally starting to cool down a little bit. So sometimes it's a green, sometimes it's an herbal, whatever. But I think maybe just starting my mornings out with all this hot liquid is like doing me good. I don't know. Um, You know what I have been having every morning? Ooh, tell me. A London fog. (laughs) <laughs> oh, good choice. Excellent choice. Tis the season. Mm-hmm. I, um, I Are you making them at home? Yeah, because I got a Keurig. <gasps> Look at you, bougie. I and I got little Earl Grey pods for it, and I got some vanilla flavoring, and I make that every morning. It's, uh, a, it's a fancy Keurig that steams milk for me. That sounds amazing. My apartment complex has one of those really bougie Starbucks. What do you want? Do you want a latte this morning? What kind of coffee? Do you want a dark roast? Do you want a blonde roast? Do you want hot chocolate? What flavor of that hot chocolate? So I'll just like stroll right in there, make myself up a really good hot chocolate. Mm. That does sound good. Yeah, it's amazing. No, we're focusing on tea. That is our topic today. I know. Well, we were talking about life and I'm just telling you, oh, and the apple cider vinegar that I get has the mother in it. If anybody, right? Here's the thing. Everybody's like, it's super important, but what the hell is the mother? Anybody Um, know? I mean, it's kind of Is it like like, probiotics? Yeah. It's like when, um, 
You know how like sourdough bread has a mother? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that's like alive and growing. Yeah. And- yeah. So it's like I don't know. I mean, let's I don't not know think too much about it. <laughs> right? I don't know if I'm killing it, putting it in all this hot liquid, but it is I don't know. It's doing great. I feel so good in the mornings. Really energized. My gut is healthy. And the tea, like it almost makes tea that much better. So I've been having my cup of tea. Fall is officially here. We're celebrating. Leah had a birthday. Happy birthday to you. I did. But let me tell everyone this. Um, When you have a birthday and you have a baby, don't be too excited about your birthday because everybody sent me stuff for the baby. I mean, like, (laughs) I, like, I had a friend send me a diaper bag. I mean, it was cute, but I was like, why a diaper bag? But not bag? what you wanted. <laughs> I want a new purse, like, and which, I mean, I guess I haven't been using a purse much lately, but still. Good point. And then, like, somebody sent me, um, like, some Harry Potter baby stuff, and I was like, I like Harry Potter stuff. Why does it have to be baby stuff? The like, baby. The baby already got a bunch of stuff. She had She already had shower. her birthday. Like, yeah, exactly. So anyway, that was like a little disappointing, but whatever. Mm. It's cool. I I got the new iPhone, so I feel I feel happy. <laughs> well, good. Um, do we have any? I feel like we need to call this section. I was actually thinking about it the other day, and it's only been a year that this needs to be like the royal report. Because <laughs> I feel like we always have like a two second snippet about well, what the royals doing. I know. Well, because it. It started as, like, British news, but mm-hmm. then it turns out that I only pay attention to news about royals. So I think that, that is true. Was- I always try to find some random snippet, but Leah only goes for the royals. Well, it's because, like, I feel like when you're finding, like, random British news, you're, like, out there looking for it, whereas I regularly read royal news every single day so I don't even have to like think about it so it makes it it's true like yeah so anyway um but speaking of (laughs) I don't know there was some big things go go down oh sorry excuse me um yeah yesterday this is not a big thing so the royal tour ended yada yada whatever what I want to talk about is yesterday Prince George and Kate and William, oh, I think Charlotte went too. They went to go watch Prince William's favorite football team, Aston Villa. Yes. And they and actually. And you that picture. Yeah, they like, they, they posted a super cute video on the Kensington Royal Instagram of George just like freaking out with excitement so about the game which was so cute and also i i mean i know we've talked about this before but like the cambridges have really stepped up their instagram game ever since uh megan and harry started mm-hmm. sending up theirs and they've never posted like a family video like cute thing before you know like they used to only post just like official events that they went to right. so anyway this is super super cute it was adorable. Everybody go onto their Instagram and look at it. <laughs> I love it. Um, didn't they just christen the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, just christen that boat? Oh, yeah. Um, what is the, it? 
The one that had like the ridiculous name, Bodie McBoatface. Well, that was the submarine. They christened the ship. Oh, okay. So do you know the backstory behind this? Because it's funny. Isn't that the one that's like named for David Attenborough or something? Yeah. So, but what happened was, so, so the ship is named after David Attenborough, but when they were deciding what to name the ship, they like told the public, the public could name it and had the like people submit, (laughs) submit names. And then like the winner would be the name of the ship. So Bodie McBoatface won. (laughs) I love it. Then I guess they couldn't bring themselves to like actually name such an expensive ship, Bodie McBoatface. So that's why they named it after David Attenborough. But then they named the submarine Bodie McBoatface to like appease everyone. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that they were going to name the ship that. I thought I thought it was so funny. The pictures of them is just like they're into it, but it's like they have to show a sign of like, okay, people, like really. I know it was <laughs> this so is what funny. you chose. So funny. So um, we have Bodie McBoatface. That was a good piece of news. Um, yes, you're right. The Royal tour ended, but I was really surprised that on the very last day of the Royal tour, they chose that day as the day to announce that they're going to be suing. What paper is it? I think it's the daily mail. Yeah, I think you're right. Daily mail. It might be, for, a, 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 it might be a couple papers actually, but I think it's mostly the daily mail. Yeah. So if you don't know, go and look it up. Megan and Harry are suing some magazines and some newspapers for leaking a letter that her father, that she wrote, hand wrote to her, you know, estranged father. But it, she is saying that the newspapers got a hold of it probably because her father sold it to them, but she was never notified and that they took things out of the letter to take it out of context and to kind of almost rewrite her intentions with the letter. So they're suing and things got pretty political and heated, especially from Harry's side, because he's all like, this is exactly what happened to my mother. I'm not letting it happen to my wife. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. You know, I mean, but I was just really surprised with all the amazing work that they were doing in South Africa and in this African tour in other countries that they were, that they chose not even to wait a day or while they were on the plane, they were still in South Africa. And so it almost to me kind of, I don't know. I don't know why you waited until well, that moment. Cause they had said that this had been going on for a while. I, so what I'm assuming, because I mean, that was published two years ago. So I'm assuming yeah. they didn't plan to announce it then. I'm guessing it was like in the works this whole time. And it just happened to be like, the date it actually got filed and so then they you kind of have to announce it when it happens so it doesn't come out as like a weird leak like oh they kept this secret that they're suing him or you know so I think right or something had to be like pushed on the other side you know yeah so I I feel like they probably didn't plan to do that it just because yeah I mean the letter was published two years ago like it was around their wedding so it's not like right not Anyway, I guess it's a lot of like just her heartfelt. Yeah, it's just it's it's a bummer because it's all of her, you know, estrangement with her dad and just having a really hard time that he's not going to be at the wedding. And why are you making this so hard? And can't we all get along kind of a thing? But it just seems so uh, I don't know. I don't I don't want to say it overshadowed what they did out there in Africa, but 
it was pretty much everything that they had been doing while in Africa was almost the same thing. Why can't we all get along? Why can't we have equal rights? We need to protect people and blah, blah, blah. And then this all comes to fruition. So thought it was um, very interesting. And I don't mean blah, blah, blah to override what they did out there. I just don't know of every event that they went to. And I don't want people to be like, you forgot that they did this for this charity or what <laughs> yeah, have they you. <laughs> they did a lot and were there for a very long time. Um, but yeah, I guess that's the bit of like British news that I definitely saw. But um, should okay. we get into tea? Yeah, but before, just okay. very briefly, there is going to be another royal tour starting next week. Um, oh, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge are going to Pakistan. Wow! Yeah, so it's supposed to be like the most complex tour that they've taken because of like all the logistical and security. Yeah. So that I feel like that's going to be pretty interesting to follow if people are interested. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, what? Yeah, I'm, I would be interested. I'm going to have to look that one up because I didn't even know that was coming. Like yeah. what their plans are, who they're seeing while they're there, what's kind of the purpose? Because, I mean, Pakistan, it's not part of the Commonwealth, right? I think it is. Oh, yeah. geez. It okay. Is. Um, And so they're – they're there kind of like for a lot about education for girls and women okay. is one of their main priorities. So they're, they're going to be doing a lot. They're going to be busy. Yeah. Well, that's great. I'm really excited. It's really exciting seeing these two guys that we grew up with, you know, princes now really coming into their own and creating the things that they're passionate about. I mean, I don't know, maybe Charles and Diana were doing the same, but I just, I don't know. There's, I know of Diana's work more of from when she was married and things were starting to fall apart and through her divorce than I have ever heard of Charles's things. Is that bad? No, I need to. Or do we just have more interest now? I think, I think, well, now, now there's just more interest. Yeah. I'm like, Probably. nobody cares about Charles. I mean, you know, I mean, like, no offense, right. but, like, in that relationship, Diana was the popular one, <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> it's true. She was fabulous. Okay. But. But, yeah. Should we? Okay. Let's, let's focus. We're, <laughs> okay, we're focusing, focus. focusing. We're talking tea today, guys. Yes. Because we love tea and yes. and it's the season. It's starting to cool down. So if you're driving, pull over to that local Starbucks, grab yourself a London fog. Or you get know, a tea. A local coffee shop. A or local a local coffee shop. shop. <laughs> yes, that would be even better, of course. Or just put this on pause, go into your kitchen, boil a little water. Plop a little tea bag in. We're about to get into the history of tea in the UK and some of the traditions and customs and wonderful magical things that make tea so British. Yes. So you're gonna sweet. Get started. I'm talking the history of All it. Right. So can I start it? Yes. Cool. 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 Well, um, it's funny because. Tea is now so associated with the UK and with England, but it was kind of relatively a latecomer on the tea game. It had been a custom within Asian culture for millennia before it ever reached England, but it slowly made its way 
um, through Asia and getting into Europe, um, especially around like Venice in the 1500s. And that's when there was a lot of trade between the Chinese and the Italian and especially the Portuguese who kept bringing things back and forth. So the Portuguese and the Dutch uh, were taking tea from Europe and then bringing it over to Portugal and Spain. And by the 1600s, tea was being found its way into England. There was a lot of royals that started to get into it, but pretty much it was almost seen as a substitute for coffee. So the first people that were kind of taking it up were local London coffee houses. We're talking the 1600s. So everybody that's in their favorite little nook with their book, this one is for you. Uh, The first tea house uh, or coffee house that had like a tea room was uh, the merchant Thomas Garway, who owned his establishment in the Exchange Alley. He was the first one to sell both liquid and dry tea to the public, and we're guessing it was around as uh, early as 1657. Um, It was so popular at the time that he started to advertise tea at six and 10 pounds per ounce. I mean, even now. Yeah, exactly. Even now, 10 pounds. Could you imagine 10 pounds back in 1657? Like, it's got to be like a gajillion dollars. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. So, (laughs) so uh, it was definitely very uh, seen by like the royals and the tippy top classes were the ones buying tea at the very beginning. But then as the Chinese were giving more to Portugal and Portugal was sending it up into England, they started to get more and more tea. And over into the next like 100 years, there were so many coffee houses that were popping up that were selling tea that everybody wanted tea. So much that the government was starting to get nervous because they were making all of their revenue or their taxation was on liquor and beer. So that's why they started to put a tea on ta- uh, tax on tea because everybody rather have tea at the time and taxes were like starting to plummet. So all of this is going down. It's pretty great. And of course, Charles II has to come in and ruin everything. Oh, um, right? <laughs> so he's the one that puts this uh, tax on tea which uh, this starts the government to to seize control of it and to profit off of the popularity. And by the mid-18th century, the duty or the tax duty on tea had reached um, 120% of its value. So you had to pay it not only again, but another fifth for you to get your tea. So people were starting to get real upset so what do we do when things we get get really, really hard to get? We start to smuggle, of course. So uh, this was <laughs> why, you know, sneaking in. All I can think of is who in the last forever has ever bought candy at the movie theater? It's absurdly ex- expensive. Mm-hmm. I just shove it in. I bring a big bag, bring a couple drinks. <laughs> Your favorite candy. Maybe I'll buy popcorn, but I will never buy candy at a movie theater. So 
English roots, the smugglers. Uh, so ships from Holland and Scandinavia started to bring tea down, thinking like, ooh, no one will ever suspect us because we're not from Portugal <laughs> or we're not the Dutch. So uh, they would start to bring tea in in small uh, vessels. And the, sm- uh, the smugglers, who were often local fishermen, snuck tea inland and through passages, hidden paths, and all different hiding places to get it to different destinations. But one of their favorite places was to go to local churches and uh, leave their tea there. And then people, as they went to Sunday mass, could pick up their little portion of tea as they were also paying their, you know, penance or whatever. (laughs) So people were then taking tea. People got really addicted. I mean, I'm, I'm addicted. It's so good. (laughs) You have all the different varieties and it's so yummy. Although they probably didn't have as much variety back then. Do you think? Uh, I don't know. Uh, No. Cause my guess is that they weren't really doing tons of mixes. I'm sure it was just like white tea leaf, green tea leaf, black tea leaf, you know? Yeah. But what started out as, like, only the rich could afford it, uh, like, every class wanted it. Everybody got a taste of it, and they started to try to make other things with the things that they had. So they said that they started to use willow bark and licorice and soul leaves to try and um, kind of stretch the tea out. And that's why we started to get a lot of different kinds of, like, tea flavors and tea mixes is really from the smuggling and trying to stretch as much out as possible. Hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't until William Pitt the Younger in 1784 that introduced uh, an act that he finally got the taxation on tea to drop from 120% to just 12%. So smuggling slowly started to come to an end. People could finally kind of afford it, even though it was still seen as pretty much a luxury. So um, that just started bringing tea in. Now all the classes pretty much had them. Uh, In the early 1800s, ships carrying tea from the Far East to Britain could take about a year to bring their cargo over, hence why that was there was still some tax on it. it was to pay for laborers who were bringing it over from the East India Trading Company. Um, they were they had that company, the East India, had a monopoly on tea until 1832, um, but that didn't really come into. Mm, a full problem until the Americans finally designed steam liners to go and get their own tea, which um, they weren't really thrilled about because this is all after Boston Tea Party and things. So slowly the taxation on tea slowly was um, obliterated, as some may say. So uh, at the very beginning when tea was kind of being sold, it was seen as not only just something that was – prestigious and only made for royalty, but it had so many health benefits. As I was saying, it's not only just a luxury import, it's medicinal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So um, hence why so many coffee houses were slowly seen as 
a place to go and find healing. So a lot of the times your coffee houses would have somebody in there that kind of knew which kind of tea that you would need. The green tea would help with your, um, you know, your gut health and the black tea was more uh, for your energy levels and everything you could think about it. You had a cup of tea and it just made everything better. Hence why I think anymore, anytime I've gone over to England, anybody, you know, if you're talking about a problem, you boil a pot of tea. It's just what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had all different reasons for why you would need tea and uh, started to make different kinds of cups and serving materials. So that that's when we get a little bit more of the kind of uh, teacup and saucer that we see now. And yeah, I'm sure I have other little notes. So if you want to talk for a bit, I will probably pop back in with things like the medicinal stuff. But a lot of it is now just kind of the traditions of what kind of became of it. But that's a little bit of the back history of it. Okay, so let's see. This is just off topic that I had, but um, since you just mentioned the delicate teacups, um, mm-hmm. that is why the English always drink with milk in their tea. <laughs> is be- is because, because I don't know, since we were talking about how it came from Asia and Asians would definitely mm-hmm. never put milk in their tea. Um, right. It's because their cups were so delicate that they would crack from the heat of the tea. So that's why they would add milk to the tea to cool the liquid and stop the crack cups from cracking. Nice. Um, no it's just like so random. I don't know. Like, why didn't they just add some cooler water? Like what? <laughs> but or not make their tea. But no, it's like so seen. Like, what is your cup of tea? If you're going to have a cup of tea, how do you take it? Um, I usually put one lump of sugar and like a mm-hmm. tablespoon of milk. <laughs> okay. Okay. See, and I, I think I, that's definitely how I, I feel like it flips back and forth. And I love the line in Oscar Wilde. Um, the importance of being earnest because they're sitting around um, Gwendolyn and Cecily are having tea and like, how do you take it? And there is this line about her saying like, oh, I'll take it with a sugar and a splash of milk. And she's like, oh, that was so last year. Now I take it with lemon. (laughs) And uh, I feel like that's where I'm at right now. I feel like I'll just do like a wedge of lemon and maybe like a little bit of honey, which I think is... Definitely not British to put the honey in there, but that's how I'm liking it lately. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess. So, yeah, easy. I feel like honey's not British at all. Um, <laughs> no, not the honey part. But I was just going to talk. So, I don't know where to start. So, tell us some of the traditions. Yeah. Tell us some of the customs with tea and the different ways that we. We take it, yeah, you know? So I was going to talk a little bit about the difference between high tea and afternoon tea. Yes. Uh, tea as a meal and tea as a break. Yes. <laughs> so I feel like Americans, we just call it both. <laughs> so like people yeah. will say, oh, I'm going to high tea or I'm going to afternoon tea and just assume it's the same thing. Um, but afternoon tea was introduced in um about in the 1800s when anna the duchess of bedford who was queen victoria's close friend started complaining that she was having 
hunger pains in the late afternoon. Um, and so she wanted to have something to satisfy her hunger. And so she would gather her friends and they would, that's why the sandwiches are so many. And cause it was just I like like it. a small bite of something to eat. And then she would um, have some tea with it. So Queen Victoria picked up that habit because it was her close friend. And that's kind of why it became popular among all the upper class society. Cause they were like, Oh, the queen is doing it. So we'll do it. Um, so they would, it started to become like women would change into long gowns and gloves for afternoon tea. Uh, just, it made it like a pretty big social affair. People would have tea receptions at their homes that could have as many as 200 guests. And so just like your house would just be open between like 4 and 7 p.m. And your guests would just come and go and come and have some tea with you. Um so that's kind of like afternoon tea for the fancy people. Um, for the fancy people, it's true. Yeah. But for the common folk, um, that would be high tea. So high tea, um, so I guess afternoon tea is like a mini meal because you're upper class. You don't have to work. You're just hanging out. You have time to have an extra little meal. But right. high tea um, was for like more like the factory workers and the working class. They have a different kind of schedule and a different kind of budget. And tea is still more expensive. So they're not having like tons of people over to have tea. Um, and they're not wasting it. They're only having it when it's necessary. So they're coming home at 6 p.m. and they're starving and so they would have high tea which would be um their tea some bread vegetables and cheese and meat or like pies like they would have definitely savory food with their tea because it was actually their meal um part of the difference or like part of why it's called high tea as opposed to afternoon tea supposedly this is just a rumor is because afternoon tea you know you're it's like a fancy social event you're sitting in low comfortable chairs and sofas but high tea you're like sitting at the table this is your meal so it's like you're sitting higher up which is kind of okay funny but that's that's what happened but fitting. Yeah. And so, and also part of the reason there's like different names is because the upper class kind of would also have high tea like later in the day, but theirs was a little fancier. They would do like pigeon and veal and salmon instead of like just bread and meat, you know? Um, yeah. So outside of the UK, like I said, a lot of people just think high tea and afternoon tea are the same thing. So that's why when you're in London, sometimes like the Ritz advertises that they do a high tea for their afternoon tea mm-hmm. because they know that everyone coming is like travelers that don't know the difference. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, nowadays I guess, so, okay. I guess like the etiquette of afternoon tea, since it's fancier, there was like high tea, mm-hmm. you would just you were just kind of eating and drinking your tea. Afternoon tea was a lot fancier. So, what you would do is in the kitchen, you would have your tea kettle, fresh water, loose leaf tea that you're getting that it's made in the kitchen. 
Um, you put it on a tea tray with, or the tea tray would have a teapot, a sugar bowl, a milk pitcher, a tea strainer, a bowl for the used tea leaves, um, a pitcher of hot water to dilute your tea if you needed, and then a small dish for lemon wedges and your lemon fork. So like the actual tea kettle, okay. actual tea kettle wouldn't go out of the kitchen, right? Like you're pouring it water into your teapot. Yeah. So then you take the tea tray into the tea table. The tea table is set with teacups and saucers, forks and spoons, small plates, linen napkins, and then all of the food is already out there. So tea sandwiches, scones, small cakes, a pot of jam, clotted cream, as we've discussed, very difficult to make. <laughs> and so you would bring it and you would put your tea table, your, your tea tray on the tea table, and um, and then you would prepare your tea, which this is a very, uh, like, this is how you can tell lower class from upper class people, <laughs> is that when you're preparing your tea, you pour the tea leaves first and then add the milk. Some people add their milk first, and those people <sighs> are wrong. <laughs> They are peasants. <laughs> so also, in case you didn't know, when you're for a scone, you should spread the cream first and then the jam. <laughs> I believe it. And then also, because you're just like um, fixing your fixing your afternoon hunger pains, you should only be eating like a little bit. Like you shouldn't be scarfing it down as if you're starving that's why like the food the food is small right. but your bites should also be small and then yes oh. and then this one i feel like i'm always wrong and there are many pictures of me sipping tea and looking straight at the camera but you're actually not supposed to look <laughs> over your teacup when you're sipping it it's not polite you're supposed to look into your teacup oh i didn't know that yeah. either super weird um another few things is even though you always have the option of milk and lemon, you should never use lemon and milk together because your milk will curdle. Mm -hmm. um, well, I know this. When you're seated, you're supposed to just take up this, just the teacup, not your saucer. If you are standing, then you stand with your saucer in the opposite hand and you drink out of your cup. And though it's like, United States believe, our belief, um, that, you know, you should extend like a pinky away, that there it is written down in like tea etiquette that your, all of your fingers should curl inward. Yeah. So that's actually, because it's not appropriate to have anything pointed at anyone at any point. Yeah. So actually speaking of, since I was just speaking of the Ritz afternoon tea in London, that's how they know if people are American is if they're sticking their pinky out. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe it. So, at least before they talk to them, you know. Um, yeah, so that's just kind of the ritual as it is. Um, I like it. I mean, there's loads of history of tea and maybe we could have gone more in depth about it, but I feel pretty good about the fact that we can kind of give a few names, let people see how it came to fruition and how it kind of built. But it just pretty much became this amazing product that, of course, Royal saw it 
Same as then, as today, once the rich have it, everybody wants it because we all think it's great. But really, at the end of the day, it was just a really great product that was something so foreign and so different uh, that they didn't have that it really revolutionized um, Britain and their level of of use of uh, tea. And now they're like more known for it than, I don't know. I mean, I would say they're right up there neck and neck with Asia. Yeah. It's just like so different the way. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know. I just feel like that's really interesting how different they actually have their tea time. But it's better. They're scones. Although scones weren't introduced until the 20th century. So before that, it was just mini sandwiches. Or, <laughs> or as they say in um, Downton Abbey, it's a scone. Oh my gosh. We didn't even talk about the Downton Abbey movie. I know. We'll do a special that's a whole episode on. That. Oh, we should. Okay, okay that's, that's a great idea episode. for our next one. Downton Abbey. Movie. <laughs> Anybody who has Downton Abbey movie, guys, it's coming. Um, this was fun. So everybody, go and drink a cup of tea and eat a scone and smear the cream on first, and then the jam, and have yourself a British tea a proper what are we going to call this one uh an afternoon tea it's not a high tea um afternoon (laughs) okay have a good afternoon tea we're we're just that fancy (laughs) it's true guys all right well i think that's gonna wrap us up for today but we're happy to be back and yeah cheers guys